Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to our first B-Day podcast. Um, that is Formation and Discipleship and Evangelization. Um, I'm happy to uh, have started this uh, program. I hope this is very helpful um, as we go on to start learning a little bit more about the faith and how to bring that at home. Um, as we know, our first topic is prayer, uh, which is going to start in August, August 1st, which is today. Um, and we hope to that this is helpful and that we can uh, continue doing this every month uh, to kind of help out and make sure that you guys are getting all the resources you need uh, to be the primary educators at home and to also just help everyone in the Sacred Heart Parish to, to grow deeper in their faith. Um, I am very honored to uh, have um, Abbott Placid here with us today to do our first podcast, um, which is on prayer. Um, being that Abbott Placid uh, has devoted his life to prayer and to serving the Lord as a monk at Belmont Abbey College, it's, uh, it's a great honor to have you here. Um, Abbot Placid has been the abbot at Belmont Abbey Monastery since 1999, and he's also the chancellor at Belmont Abbey College, uh, which is my alma mater. So um, thank you for being here, Abbot. And no, thank you very much for the honor of being the first on this podcast. I'm glad that you're there at Sacred Heart, and it's a, we've got a good pastor and doing some good things up there. So I'm happy yeah. that I can hopefully be of some help to you. I'm sure you can. You always have been very helpful. <laughs> So uh, just wanted to get started here. Um, if you can just tell us a little bit uh, about what is prayer, just to get us started in this discussion and kind of get us a little familiar about what this means. Yeah, if you look at the catechism of the Catholic Church, it simply says prayer is the traditional definition is lifting up our minds and hearts to God or asking God for things that we need. And so sort of bringing ourselves into God's presence um, I think we oftentimes think of prayer as petition, but sometimes it can be just listening or just resting in God's presence. So it's yeah, a, I mean, ourselves in God's presence. It's really God who takes the initiative in calling us. Yeah, that kind of goes in line with uh, St. Augustine's idea of definition of prayer, which is a desire for God, mm -hmm. um, which is um, very interesting that silence is a very big part of prayer. Um, mm -hmm. that being said, do you, is there different ways to go about praying? Is there like different types of prayer that we can do at home that we can start emphasizing? Let's say like, you know, I do these prayers, um, constantly. I could do morning prayer, evening prayer, afternoon prayer, mm -hmm. or I just say the Our Father. Um, but is there different way, different ways of going about the, the prayer life? Uh, especially if you're the church has a, a richness of different types of prayer where people ask me normally uh, what should I do to pray I say well, do what works what's mm -hmm. the part that brings you most or what's the type of prayer that's most congenial for you that brings you into to God's presence so it can be part of the liturgy of the hours it can be the rosary it can be the divine mercy chaplet it can be reading and meditating on scripture. It can be our own favorite prayers. It can be simply sitting down and talking to God. And sometimes it can be just listening. Uh, traditionally, the people who talk about prayer is either adoration or petition or intercession or thanksgiving or contrition. So that sort of brings together perhaps the, the motives why we might be led to prayer or want to pray. But however we express that petition or that intercession or that contrition, 
of that Thanksgiving might vary from person to person. Yeah. So there's no sort of one size fits all, I don't think. Right. I mean, that makes sense, uh, especially with different personalities, different gifts that God has given us um, to come to know him more. Um, and that being said, like, I know there's some people who are, you know, just starting the Christian life, uh, mm -hmm. who are just becoming Catholic or just coming into the church um, and wanting to, to start a prayer life. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is new to the faith, who is trying to get into a prayer life, but doesn't really know how to, where, where to start? Well, I think the first thing to keep in mind is it takes uh, deliberate intention to take time. And we've got all the time Almighty God has created. He's not making any more. The question is, what do we do with it? And in order to pray, we have to deliberately take the time to do that. It's not necessary that we take lots of time to, because we may not have that in our schedule. But if we're going to be serious about prayer, we need to take some time each day, I think, that's focused on coming into God's presence and not doing anything else but praying. And the amount of time available will depend on such things as the seasons in one's own life, the responsibilities one has during those different times of one's life, um, how prayer may grow in one's life, how one's relationship with, with God may both grow closer or unfortunately grow, grow distant. All those things will, will impact prayer. So the first thing I would say is to pick a time to pray. Hopefully it could be the same time every day. That simply makes it easier, but people, people know their own schedules. Um, so it, it takes a deliberate choice. Um, it may be easiest to start with some of the, the formal prayers of the church, such as the Lord's Prayer that Jesus taught us or the Hail Mary, or the glory to be to the Father. But we can also just sit and talk with God in our own words. Uh, and, and doesn't have to be anything, anything formal or memorized. It can be reading the scriptures and meditating and trying to discern what does this passage say to me? What is it asking of me? And not every passage might ask something of me. And it's helpful, you can help beginning prayer by finding particular opportunities, such as a brief morning offering, perhaps, a time towards the end of the day sometime to review the day and to be sorrowful for the wrongs we've done and grateful for the blessings we've received. Uh, take time to pray for people who are important in our life or who have asked our prayers prayer before meals, so we can we can have times of prayer throughout the day that uh, are sort of, it ought to be woven into the fabric of our life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you, I mean, that's that's a great start. And I, I appreciate um, how you started with a simple, just like find a time throughout the day and try to, uh, you know, stay consistent with that time and try to, you know, do little things. I mean, sometimes I think we have this idea that we have to be like the saints um, and, and mimic their prayer life. And we forget that they went through a process to get to that prayer right. life. Yeah. 
And we and oftentimes you can use just little short prayers through the day if it comes to mind. Oh, God, right. come to my assistance, or I love you, Jesus, or uh, right. come Holy and, Spirit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is definitely important <laughs> when it comes to that um, and opening your heart up to the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and allowing. I mean, I always love the idea of starting the prayer with come Holy Spirit, teach me to pray, um, just because that's the center of prayer. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned a lot about, you know, finding time to pray and try to stay consistent with that. Um, and I, I think some people may fall into this. I fall into this um, where we do this consistent routine of prayer, but we feel like we could become complacent. Like there's just, we're not getting anything out of it. It just becomes a routine and we just end up saying words over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. saying prayers over, over and over again. Uh, what advice would you give to someone uh, who's going through that, who feels like they're just stuck in their prayer life and just repeating words constantly? Well, uh, first thing I would say is, if you feel that way, is the feeling accurate? Because our feelings are not always, they're real, um, but they're not always accurate. It might be we simply feel, well, I ought to be doing more, but if I stop and reflect, this is in balance with, all my other responsibilities. And um, you might ask ourselves, well, what really am I expecting from this? If I'm expecting to, to feel good all the time, that doesn't necessarily happen. I mean, feelings are transitory. Uh, if I'm doing it as an expression of my conviction that God loves me, cares for me, and accepts that I take the time to pray, then even when I'm not particularly you know, getting any any emotional return from the time I spend in prayer, it is still good. And sometimes that, that feeling of dryness or uh, that it's nobody's listening is part of a serious life of prayer because it challenges us to face the question, am I praying because it makes me feel good? Or am I praying because God has asked us to turn to him in prayer and to adore him and to ask for the things that we need, uh, which we can do even if we feel like uh, it's, it's kind of rote. It maybe it can become rote, in which case we might need to just pay a little bit more attention to what we're saying. I like to oftentimes facetiously talk to people often in a homily. I've mentioned that, you know, we get to the, the creed at mass. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And I wonder what's for lunch today and what times the game come on today. Amen. And we go on autopilot. Right. Yeah. Um, and so if we find ourselves doing that, we may need to, when we take actual time to pray during the day, uh, we can't just jump into it in the midst of a million other responsibilities and think that it's just going to work like turning on a switch. Mm -hmm. uh, if we're going to talk to somebody who we, we respect or hold important, we don't just run in unprepared and sort of sit down and you know, go off the cuff, although we can do that with God. Right. But generally, we what do I want to say? And we might need to take a minute just to focus and to quiet down what's been on our mind before 
so that we can actually pay attention and mean the words. Um, so you know, prayer has to be, we're coming to God's presence, not just any old presence. And so we can't just treat it as another thing that I get done. So sometimes it might mean I need to remind myself I'm here to pray. I need to just be quiet for a few seconds and then begin. Do you think, so I was just thinking about this right now. Um, so you use the rosary as an example. Um, let's say I'm saying the rosary and, you know, I get past the first day, decade, great. But after that, I just go into like start thinking about lunch, like you said, or thinking about what right. to do the, for the rest mm -hmm. of the day. Um, do you think it would be wise to take a step back and maybe just go back to just, you know, let's do a decade and focus on that until I master that and then move on to two decades? Or do you think you, know that, or you can try that? So my, again, my advice would be do what works, mm -hmm. but it could be with each decade, then, okay, what's the mystery and what does it mean for me? And be concentrating on that rather than the exact words of each of the prayers. Uh, what, for example, am I to take from my life of the finding of the child Jesus in the temple? Jesus was there because he knew he had to be about his father's business. Do I know that about me? Am I about the father's business? Um, do I do what I'm supposed to do? Uh, Mary and Joseph were anxious. What are the things I'm anxious about? And do I trust that God will bring them to, to a good conclusion? So sometimes pay attention to the mystery and what is that mystery to communicate to me that I need to know from my life of faith right now? And then yeah. can just continue to go through the prayers. It's also you brought up the question of distraction. Yeah. What happens when I'm distracted in my prayer? Well, you know, the mind wants to think, so it does. The worst thing to do with distractions is to get upset about them because then you're distracted and it's, we should probably take for granted that we will get distracted in prayer unless we've reached a high degree of spiritual life and then once we realize we're distracted we should just calmly and quietly acknowledge that and refocus and keep going if we get all upset about it then we're really distracted do you think so i'm just using the rosary rosary as an example just because mm -hmm. it's very common everyone knows it um, let's say I get distracted and I'm halfway through a decade and I realize, oh, I'm not even paying attention. Mm -hmm. Would it be wise to restart or should no, I just... No, just refocus and keep going. Okay. That's good. Otherwise That's you get frustrated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so that, I think that's a common thing we all fall into. And I think people who struggle with scrupulosity especially can fall into that trap of, oh, I did it wrong. I need to do it again. God can hear me. The very intention of yeah. saying the rosary is an act of faith and an act of devotion, and that is pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. And if we get distracted, then simply refocus and keep going. And God's not counting up how many, how many decades were you focused and how many were you not. But again, it helps us before we start the rosary, perhaps, just to make a little prayer to the Blessed Mother, help me 
help me stay focused on what you want me to, or what God wants me to, to learn from this rosary today. And so to make a little mental break with what we've been doing before. No, I think that's very helpful. And I think it's a great piece of advice for us all to absorb and to try to strive for, especially in our prayer life is to, you know, keep trying. I mean, we, we're, we're gonna, we live in a, a world that's full of distractions. Right. Uh, and we're trying to overcome those distractions and mm -hmm. the best way to do that is just keep persevering, not try to look back and make ourselves feel right. guilty. Right. You know, especially I said, if you can find the, if it fits one's schedule to have the same time to pray every day, or perhaps have a little prayer corner or a place where you pray, that helps keep us focused mm -hmm. uh, because it becomes a pattern over time. Not everybody can, can do that, uh, but that sometimes helps us just to make the break with the rest of the day life. And this is my prayer time and space. And as we do that consistently, uh, it may help cut down on the distractions. But most of all, just refocus when distracted. Don't, you know, don't get upset and flustered. Right. Cool. Yeah. And just to move on from there and kind of stay on the same page a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people we're addressing here today, um, their parents. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm a parent of a toddler who's all over the place, right. running around crazy, doing all these crazy things while we're trying to pray. Um, what advice would you give to parents who are struggling? Um, well, let's just start with this question. Struggling uh, to get their kids to pray. Um, well, you know, it's going to be hard to get a toddler to pray. Mm -hmm. But as I'm sure you found out, children watch their parents like hawks and imitate their parents. And so if they see you praying, they will probably in their own way start to imitate that. And that may be the first step that this is important. Now it's obviously with the toddler, you're not gonna have a nice extended quiet time. Right. Uh, but then what's doing? Well, daddy's praying, well, mommy's praying. Um, you wanna pray with me? And that's part, I think, of the, probably the, the challenge of being parent of very young children, that you know, it's relentless, mm -hmm. uh, but be patient on that. And as they grow older, you can teach them little prayers. Uh, you can pray with them, for example, before going to bed um, and, and teach them things like that. Get little stories of the saints or so that are appropriate for children when they're able to read. And um, let them see that mom and dad pray and they will follow that, not necessarily understanding, but wanting to be like mom and dad. And then that gives you the basis on which to, to, to build very gradually as they can understand more. It's example that's more important than the, the content at that point, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's great advice, and I've seen that a lot. Um, that's something I tried to do is to really emphasize um, being visible to my child when mm -hmm. we're praying, not necessarily making her like come to the corner while we're praying, but like you know, even she's playing with her toys while we're mm -hmm. praying, and mm -hmm. she sees us praying, she's gonna materialize right. that. Yeah, she'll be curious what's going yeah. on, and you can explain that to her. Right. And that, I think, is the good way to, to begin that. 
fine. I remember one of our students, who, a young man who said one of the most powerful things he ever saw was his father kneeling down to pray. Mm -hmm. That made a huge impact. He looked up to his dad. The fact that his dad would get down on his knees and pray made a huge impact on him. Right. And I probably should have started with this question, actually, um, before the question about the kids praying. But being a parent, it becomes very hard to pray while, while your kid's running around and, you know, right. getting into mishap. Um, right. What advice would you give to parents who struggle, especially, um, you know, some mothers who are at home, fathers who are at home, um, people who, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to get the prayer life because when they get home from work, all of a sudden, their kids are in the house going crazy. Right. Um, and it's very hard to get into a prayer routine when, um, you know, you have young kids who are just running around going crazy and uh, right. you don't really get time alone to right. pray. Right. Um, say a couple of things. One, um, the spouses pray together, say when the children are down to bed. Doesn't have to be long. Uh, I think sometimes uh, we get we can set ourselves up to fail by with all good intentions trying to do too much and certainly a family with young children that's a season in life that's you know that's relentless and demanding and so are those short prayers during the day for your children uh, are good but do you have time at least briefly to pray together or to find a time when there is a, a brief moment of quiet, not to spend a long time, because usually you don't have a long time, uh, right. but just to briefly pray that this is the vocation I've uh, wanted and accepted and probably asked for. And this is part of that now. It's I'm offering all this up uh, that I may be the, the parent that that I ought to be for these children who are also a gift from God. Okay. And it's that's one of the seasons of life, I think, when it's it's difficult to find the long time uh, because it's it's so relentless with small children. Right. And so not to have unrealistic expectations, but to find those little short prayers mm -hmm. or to find little opportunities when there is a bit of quiet, just to take part of that time briefly to to come into God's presence and, and ask for help or give thanks or ask for for forgiveness or for losing my temper with my children right. or whatever. Right. You know, I think that's, that's uh, great and beautiful advice, especially for parents um, and probably reassuring to know that, you know, you don't have to have this extreme and crazy prayer life as a parent. Mm -hmm. Uh, but parenting itself is a sacrifice and a prayer mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and that um, just doing obviously you know formal prayer is important but even your work as a as a parent is is a form of prayer yeah. that's a, um, that's an offering to god that's divine service right and then just find yeah. those little times of the day and just like uh pray together with your wife mm -hmm. or whenever it is right yeah. before bed just short prayers and that way yeah, you are growing put in prayers before meals or so or that's why i think the beginning of the day was just a short prayer that offer everything this day 
for God's honor and glory and ask for your presence to guide me. Get on if you don't have much time, but intentionally to have those little opportunities to focus um, on, on doing all this, um, which is just part of ordinary everyday life, but I'm doing it as an acceptance of my vocation. Right. And um, just to piggyback off that a little bit, I know we've been talking a little bit, mostly about young children. Um, what would you say to parents who have uh, teenagers mm -hmm. uh, or, or, you know, the young adults in about to enter high school, mm -hmm. or I'm mean, sorry, about to enter college? Um, what would you say to them um, if, if their kids are struggling to pray or how would you, what advice would you give the parents to help their um, teenagers pray? Mm -hmm. um, that's an age when you can have a more serious conversation. Uh, and probably it would be part of it sharing the parents why prayer is important for me and how it has been a significant part, an important part of my life. That um, that's why I do this and uh, suggest it might be helpful for them. If you've got a custom of you know, like praying before meals or uh, have an advent wreath or something as part of the, the family's practice. As children get older, then have them start taking responsibility for leading the prayers or you know, leading the advent wreath or whatever devotion there might be. Um, and thus get them into prayer as part of our family life and take responsibility for that. Um, Again, when I think the example of parents is probably paramount for in, in so many areas, uh, even for teenagers, college students who are, you know, finding their way and in trying to individuate themselves from their parents and strike out on their own. I think if they've seen consistently their parents pray and that their parents are comfortable explaining why they do that and why it's important for them, even if it doesn't have an impact directly at this point in their child's life. Uh, I think it will have an impact over time, <laughs> particularly um, as their child moves into adulthood and gets out of the sort of um, finding my way mode and faces the more serious issue of making their way independently in life. Marriage is oftentimes a, a wake up call as to seriousness of life and certainly the birth of one's first child is a whole new revelation. Of this, is, this is really serious and I need help. Right. So I think the example of parents and their being willing to talk about why I pray uh, and and listen to that, listen to their, their children's experience and explain why it's important for them is probably the best thing. But that, that example, steadfast and steady, is probably the best thing. Right, yeah. I mean, definitely the consistency of prayer, but also like what you said, helping them 
start taking on responsibility of prayer um, yeah. and inviting them, not telling them, but like, you know, inviting them to start leading the prayer mm-hmm. uh, and not necessarily forcing them um, or not forcing them at all, really, right. but helping them get through it and, and find the prayer life that works for them. Um, I think that's very important, especially for today um, where kids, they want responsibility. They want that. Mm-hmm freedom to make something in their own right um, so guiding them rather than telling them this is how you pray mm-hmm. uh, but showing them guiding them in their prayer life is probably the best way to help someone who's you know uh, or help your help your teenager or young adult um, come to discover a prayer life well prayer is just part of a whole life of, of faith it's not something that's independent of that. St. Paul has a beautiful expression in the, I think it's a letter to the Colossians. You must live your whole life according to the Christ you have received, Jesus the Lord. Rooted him, built up in him, firm in the faith you have been taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. And if the family's life has had faith as an integral part, that is, prayer has been present in the home. Going to Mass on Sunday has been a priority, also on vacation, and it doesn't get out of priority because there's a soccer match or this game or something else. Uh, If that's simply been part of the parent's life, that service has been important, that uh, tithing or charitable works have been important, then prayer fits comfortably into that. And so it's really part of a, a whole life commitment of you know, live your whole life according to the Christ you have received. Uh, uh, a good, upright, honest, moral life, then prayer is simply part and parcel of that. Right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. And I know I'm going short on time here, but I'd like to ask two more questions if you have yeah. time. Um, sure. One is as we're going off. I mean, we're changing topics a little bit. Uh, we're no longer um, necessarily talking about kids and uh, parenting and distractions, but maybe um, a little bit more of a mature question uh, would be what happens uh, or what would you say to someone who feels like their prayers aren't answered? Um, someone who's like prays a lot, you know, they keep asking God for help or assistance or to help this loved one or whoever, mm-hmm. whatever they're asking for but always feel like they never get their prayers answered. Well, I would say, uh, think about Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it says he prayed intensely, and his prayer was, let this cup pass by. This is the son praying to the father, and evidently the answer was no. It can't pass by. Now, Jesus and his created humanity was free to accept or reject that answer. Evidently, he accepted it. So sometimes the answer is no. And when we say my prayer is not answered, we're saying that I didn't get what I was asking for. It wasn't answered in the way I wanted it to be answered. But really, the I think the... The perfection of prayer is right there in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
as one of the early monastic writers says, that is the prayer of one who truly trusts that God wishes for his welfare or her welfare more than the person does himself or herself. That God wants our good and will bring it about. And that basically our prayer simply needs to be your will be done. Especially when we're praying for someone else. Right. That uh, God loves that person even more than we do. And we want God's goodness to be manifested to that person in the way that is most conducive to that person's welfare. I think sometimes we have to be careful of getting too prescriptive as to how the Almighty is supposed to exercise divine providence on behalf of others. So um, might just be our, our prayer ought to be, your will be done. This beautiful prayer from one of the early monks. It's simply, as you will and as you know, Lord, have mercy. Well, as you will and as you know, have mercy. Just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, that's great advice, especially, I mean, from for me, too. Just mm -hmm. um, knowing that God's will is ultimately... Uh, our best our good. good yeah um and that we have to trust that he whatever mm -hmm. the answer is is for our best good and that the prayer actually in a way is answered because our desire of, of that prayer is the good right i mean the reason why we're praying is because we want some side of, some type of good and he's going to give that good in the best way that um he knows is, is the best solution for that St. Augustine has a good, some uh, lady named Proba wrote to him why we should pray. And he said, God doesn't need for us to tell him what we want, as he already knows that. Yeah. Um, he prays to expand our desire yeah. that we can receive what God wishes to good, to give us. Because what he wants to give us is ultimately his very self. And we need to expand our capacity to receive that and to trust that God wants to give us his life and eternal life. Mm -hmm. um, and we have to keep that goal in mind, that our prayer really is to change us to be able to recognize and trust in divine providence, not to change God to be benevolent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's just something we, we all need to strive and try to accept and mm -hmm. Trust. That's hard. I mean, that's, that's the main. Yeah, that's it's hard. It's not something easy, um, but having faith and trusting that God's mm -hmm. wills is for our good, and that mm -hmm. He loves us. Everything He does is out of love. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you. And um, last question I have um, is really just uh, it's a general question. Um, how do you how do you pray to saints? Um, have you ever asked a friend to pray for you? Yes, I have. <laughs> That's how you pray to the saints. Mm -hmm. That's what you're asking. Right. Yeah. Asking for friends of God to intercede and add their prayers to our own. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really what we're doing. We're praying to the saints to, right. to ask them to remember us in God's presence. Mm -hmm. well, why Why do we pray to the saints? Um, why do we ask people to pray for us? Mm -hmm. 
because we think God hears prayers and that that these are clearly friends of God and are close to God. Um, and so the you know, to multiply the thanksgiving and the prayers to intercede for us. And since God has, has taught us to ask that we may receive, seek that we may find, knock that the door shall be opened, he uses the parable of the the unfortunate widow who kept bothering the judge until he said, this woman will do me violence if I don't give her. And he says, how much more will God give good things to those who, who ask him? So evidently God wants us to be insistent in our prayer. And so we ask other people to join that insistence and perseverance. So the saints are friends of God and friends of ours. Yeah, and I think that's that's great and something to always remember that we they've lived this life already. They've been through it all and they right. um, are great intercessors and closer to God. I mean they're they're in his presence. And they're so, alive. So we're right. just asking them as friends to pray for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well thank you, Abbott. Uh, I think this has been a very good start to our program and I, I hope, hope so. It's been helpful. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and I thank you for everything you've done, um, especially in my life, but uh, for uh, everyone. You've been a great uh, spiritual mentor to a lot of people, and we really yeah. appreciate everything you've done. Well, you can all thank God, and this is a wonderful gift you're providing for the parish of Sa the Sacred Heart in Salisbury. So God bless all of you up there. Thank you, Abbott. Thank um, you, Jim. Yeah, and we'll be back again next month. Uh, in September, we'll be talking about baptism. Um, I hope to um, we'll let you know who that be, who will we will be interviewing then. Um, but it'll be a good one. We're looking forward to it. All right. Well, thank you.